Hello and welcome to The Box Score. We are so excited that you have decided to tune in to episode one of our inaugural season here at The Box Score. And well, we have lots to cover, including the offseason madness in the NHL and the NBA. We will introduce some segments that will become a box score staple. But first, let me welcome my co-star or co-host, Nielsen Liamas. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody, and welcome. Um, we've been waiting a long time to get this thing rolling, and so let's get episode one started. Yeah, and you know what? I think the first thing we should talk about is the RFA madness that was in this NHL offseason. There was an abnormal amount of RFA holdouts this offseason, with at least 11 marquee top-line players led by the likes of Mitch Marner, Braden Point, Matthew Kachuk, and Miko Rantanen. Everyone was waiting and waiting for the first domino to fall, and Marner, he was the undeclared top RFA, and once he signed on September 13th, the domino effect took place, and in the following days and weeks, each of the RFAs signed a new contract. Those are some big names, with a lot of them sitting atop the leaders in points last season, but why do you consider Marner the undeclared top RFA? Is there someone you think that stands out above the rest? Honestly, this could be a long-debated topic, and it has been this offseason. Marner is a special player for sure, but based off last season's stats with the other RFAs, like Mikko Rantanen, he finished with 31 goals and 87 points. Braden Point, he had 41 goals and 92 points. Kachuk, 34 goals and 77 points. All these players bring something different to the ice. In my opinion, Braden Point is a major bargain deal this offseason. Three years at an average of $6.75 million versus Marner's sixth year with an average of almost $11 million. They were only separated by two points last season. Plus, Point is a triple threat player and can excel in any situation. So what's up with the big cap difference? The offseason is three months. Why did it take so long? You know what? I was wondering the same thing for a while too. But you could say everyone was waiting for Marner. And you wouldn't be completely wrong. But look at the other roster players that are already on a contract for a lot of these teams. The Lightning, they have Kucherov and Stamkos at pretty decent deals at $9.5 million and $8.5 million respectively. They couldn't pay point more than that, could they? The Avs have McKinnon to a ridiculous $6.5 million per season deal until 2023. The debate was, do they pay Rantanen more? Other teams have similar struggles, and at the end of the day, Marner, Kachuk, and Rantanen became the highest paid players on each of their teams. So you can take what you want from that and roll with it, but... I honestly think points still deserve to be paid the most, but ended up being Marner. But it was definitely a crazy, crazy offseason. But with all the major RFAs signed before a puck drop, with Line A, Rantanen, and Connor signing over the weekend, we are ready to get the season underway. And I'm super pumped, probably because I have cable, so I'm happy I can finally watch some games. <laughs> but I'm just happy hockey's back. our throwback segment. Today we will talk about our favorite sports memory as a fan. Mine would be the 2016-2017 Boston Celtics. These group of guys weren't expected to do that well, but they finished as the first seed in the Eastern Conference with a 53-29 record. This was the same season that Isaiah Thomas averaged 28.9 points per game and was dubbed the King of the Fourth. That team was filled with a bunch of hustle players like Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, and Marcus Smart. Effort wasn't a question with this team, and that's why I had so much fun watching them that season. Tim, what about you? What's your favorite sports memory as a fan? Mine 100% would be the incredible playoff run in 2004 for the Calgary Flames. Not just for the product on the ice, 
but what they did for the city of Calgary as a whole. The streets truly came to life every victory, with more and more crowding 17th Avenue and the Red Mile was born. This was a ragtag team of role players led by Jerome McGinley and Mika Kippersoff, and who couldn't forget Martin Jelena becoming the eliminator in the playoffs with three game-winning goals helping eliminate the Canucks, Red Wings, and Sharks in the process. And he should have had a Stanley Cup game-winning goal against the Lightning, but let's save that rant for another day. Even though the Flames did not win the Cup, my passion for the Flames and hockey as a whole was truly ignited that season. Let's talk about the Celtics offseason. There was a pretty big change at the point guard position. Kyrie Irving left the Celtics to join Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, despite saying multiple times that he would re-sign with the Celtics, stating if they would have him. Celtics fans, myself included, were disappointed with the regular season. A team that had the potential to be the number one seed in the East with all their talent, but for some reason, they just never got it together. Expectations were high after the Celtics reached the Eastern Conference Final the year before after Kyrie got injured. The last season just wasn't fun to watch, especially the playoffs and how it ended. Kyrie shot 8 for 22 in Game 3 against the Bucks and later on said that he wouldn't shoot 8 for 22 again. The next game, he in fact did not shoot 8 for 22 again, but shot worse, going 7 for 22. The Celtics then get eliminated in Game 5 after he shoots 6 for 21, so... Not much better. It just didn't seem like he tried. That's why when he left for Brooklyn, most Celtics fans were okay with it. Well, I guess I can just say, um, see ya, Kyrie. But what do you think of Kemba Walker signing with the Celtics? Kemba Walker signs with the Celtics basically as Kyrie's replacement. He signed with the Celtics for a max contract worth $141 million for four years. I'm pretty happy with this. A player that has comparable stats to Kyrie but without Kyrie's drama. Last season, Kyrie averaged 23.8 points per game and 6.9 assists per game. Kemba, on the other hand, averaged more points with 25.6 points per game, along with 5.9 assists per game. He's not going to have the same production as last year now that he has some decent talent alongside him. Sorry, Hornets fans, but it is what it is. But now, he gets to play with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward. I'm really looking forward to watching the Celtics this season. 100% I'm going to enjoy this season more than last year. And I'm predicting that the Celtics are going to finish top three, only behind the Bucks and the Sixers, respectively. But after last season, who knows what will happen? Your team might look good on paper, but you never know. The Calgary Flames had an interesting offseason. No really major deals, but a couple of head scratchers. The most important one was Matthew Kachuk re-signing. He signed a three-year, $21 million deal, which is about $7 million per season. So overall, that's a pretty good deal. He is the highest paid player on the team now but we'll see what happens in three years time they also re-signed the likes of Andrew Mangiapane Sam Bennett and David Riddick all to decent contracts we also added Cam Talbot and add him to the long list of goaltenders since Kiprasov has retired he signed a one-year 2.7 million deal again like all previous goaltender signings I'm not sure how to truly feel about this but I'm really hoping Riddick takes strides to become the starter here in Calgary Last season, he went 27-9-5 with a 9-11 save percentage, so it looks pretty good, so we'll see how it plays out during the season. 
They also added a few players to professional trial contracts, and a couple of them actually earned one-year deals to stick with the team for the season. Former Oiler Tobias Rader signed a one-year two-way contract, while tough guy Zach Ronaldo signed a matching one-year two-way contract deal as well. These are decent depth signings, but not sure what to make of them at this point and how much action they'll actually see with the Flames this season. But what I can say is Reader went 67 games last season with the Oilers without scoring a goal, and in the preseason finale against the Oilers, he scored a goal. Now that's what I call getting the monkey off your back. But Tim, you haven't mentioned the Lucic trade yet. Yes, and for a good reason. But no, in all seriousness, I am not totally upset about this trade. It is essentially a change of scenery for both players involved. James Neal went the other way, and he was a player who just never really fit in with the team. Will Lucic fit in? That is yet to be seen. Yes, he is slow, and he doesn't score much, but he's a big body who's hard to bump off the puck in the corners, something the Flames seriously lacked in the playoffs last season. And that is basically it for the offseason, with a few minor AHL death signings and a few entry-level contracts being dished out. What about the buyout of Michael Stone and then re-signing him? Right. Um, well, I mean, 700k is a lot cheaper, but it's still a head-scratcher. And it's a depth signing, so we'll see how it plays out during the season. But overall, the Flames will challenge for a top spot in the Pacific Division again. But with other teams around them making some bigger changes, it won't come easy. The Sharks and Knights will both be near the top as well. And don't discount the changes the Canucks and Coyotes made either. Final predictions for the Pacific. Flames finish first, closely followed by the Sharks and Knights. This is our fantasy sports segment, where we will talk about anything from our own trades to bold predictions. But today, we will talk about something that we wish happened in the offseason. For me... The thing that I wish the Celtics did was re-sign Al Horford. He signed with the Sixers for more money because the Celtics just didn't have enough cap space to offer him a deserving contract. The Celtics are really going to miss his leadership, defense, and reliability. I think missing a defensive-minded center will really hurt the Seas this year. Tim, I have a feeling yours would involve goaltending for some reason. Well, Neil, you are correct about that. But the Flames really did not have a lot of wiggle room this offseason with who they had to re-sign, Matthew Kachuk being the big one. But one thing I would have done, or would have liked seeing, is a better pursuit of a free agent goaltender. Again, not discounting Talbot yet, but I feel the Flames should have made a strong push for one of Robin Lehner or Peter Mrazek. But we'll see how the season goes with David Riddick as the starter and Talbot backing him up. After winning the championship with the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard Thanks, Kawhi. signs with the Clippers to join his buddy Paul George. Paul George and Kawhi discussed teaming up in the offseason, and from what it looks like, Kawhi was only on board with this idea if somehow Paul George managed to force a trade to the Clippers. And that's exactly what Paul George did. In this trade, OKC got Shea Gilgis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and a whopping five first round picks, pick swaps included and the Clippers get Paul George. They were forced to blow it up because they were committed to PG long-term, and all of a sudden, he forces his way out. Nobody expected this trade, but you never know. In the long run, this trade might be a W for OKC. This trade just proves that loyalty isn't really valued in the NBA. NBA teams always get a lot of hate when they trade players. Fans say that teams don't value loyalty. 
For example, the Celtics got a lot of hate when they traded Isaiah Thomas after his almost 30 points per game season when he led the Celtics to the first seed in the Eastern Conference. A lot of fans felt like the Celtics betrayed him after he got injured. But the team was just doing what's best for them. This goes both ways. Paul George blindsided OKC by forcing a trade. I think that teams don't owe the players their loyalty, and vice versa. Each side should just do what's best for them. You know, I feel bad for OKC right now. They lost Paul George and then were forced to rebuild earlier, leading to the Westbrook trade. Yeah, same here. I feel bad. The Thunder traded Russell Westbrook to the Rockets, while the Thunder got Chris Paul and four more first-round picks, pick swaps included, in return. Wow, I think it's a total of nine first-round picks. That's insane. But who do you really think won this trade? The Rockets, the Thunder, or the Clippers? This trade at the moment looks like a win for the Clippers, because they got PG and basically Kawhi with him. But I wouldn't be surprised when we look back if people are saying that the Thunder had the better offseason than the Clippers and the Rockets. The sheer amount of picks reminds me of the Pierce and KG trade to Brooklyn back in 2014, which is arguably one of the worst trades in NBA history. Brooklyn traded their future for a short-lived playoff run that ended in a second-round exit. Brooklyn traded away four first-round picks, pick swaps included, and missed out on players such as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So yeah, I feel bad for OKC right now, but if you're an OKC fan, look forward to the future. It doesn't look so bad. In fact, it looks really good. And that about wraps up our first show, but first, it's the final minute play. Neil, give me your realistic NBA champion this season and one bold prediction that will happen this season. I'm going to say the Clippers will be NBA champions this year. Paul George, Kawhi, come on. And bold prediction, I'm going to say... Lakers don't finish in the top five in the Western Conference. Tim, your turn. Stanley Cup winner and bold prediction, go. Okay, my realistic champion has to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. No way they lose in the first round again. As for my bold prediction, Flames win the Cup, but anyone who knows me could predict that. So, Panthers and Rangers make the playoffs, Islanders and Penguins will not. Done. Next time you hear from us, the NHL and NBA season will have begun. Hope you've all enjoyed today's episode. My name is Tim McDonald. And I am Nielsen Liamas. This episode is officially in the books. Until next month, see you later. Peace. Peace.